Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. The Two Lives of Carol Ross. I'm sorry I'm late. Oh, there was a terrible traffic tie-up on the parkway. Oh, you shouldn't have driven all the way in here just to see me off. Oh, I wouldn't miss it. It isn't every day I have a friend leading on a trip around the world or wherever it is you're going. Oh, why? First, listen, I got my itinerary. Look, after Hawaii, I go to Manila, then Tokyo, then Thailand, then Germany, and England. Oh, that's terrific. How long will you stay at each place? Well, I'm scheduled to give a six-week rehabilitation course at each hospital, but there are more disabled servicemen at some than at others, so the plans are flexible. Oh, boy, it doesn't sound exactly like a pleasure trip. You will get some time off for sightseeing, won't you? To tell you the truth, I couldn't care less. I'm just so thrilled they chose me for the job. Oh, I'll bet everybody in your outfit envies you. Oh, they gave me a going-away party last night. At the public health office? <laughs> the whole gang was there. It was terrific. Oh, beautiful corsage. They give it to you? No, this is from Jim. He couldn't get off to bring me to the airport this morning, so he sent the flowers instead. Oh, sounds like that's getting serious. No, it's not. But he is nice, isn't he? <laughs> what about John? John Stone? Oh, you mean there's another John? You're really playing the field. Well, I've got to make up for lost time. <laughs> now boarding it's at me. Oh, my flight. I'll walk you to the gate. Need a, need a hand with those things? No, but I could use a foot or two. Oh, Carol. Come on. I walked my friend Carol Ross to the gate and watched her board her plane. As she walked the ramp and then turned to wave at me, 
A lump rose in my throat, and tears started in my eyes. This vibrant young woman, embarking on a trip around the world to rehabilitate disabled servicemen, filled me with pride and wonder. For Carol Ross was born with legs horribly twisted and her feet pitifully deformed. She's gay, Mrs. Ross. I'm amazed she learned to walk this early. She's been walking for over a month now, but she does drag that right foot. Well, you understand there's no bone in her right heel. Uh, I have the x-rays here from her last examination. Would you like to see them? Oh, indeed I would. Well, here. You can see the uh, difference between the right heel and the left. Yes. The incredible thing is that she's managed to achieve sufficient balance to walk. Uh-huh. Uh, you can see here that three-quarters of her toes are completely undeveloped. Oh. She's a very determined child to be able to stand at this age without the help of those bones. Oh, she's determined to keep up with her sister. Mm, well, good for her. You know, Doctor, she's much smaller than Diane was at this age. Oh, well, you mustn't expect her to attain normal stature. She, she has no ankle bones at all, and the fibula bone is missing from both legs. She'll be undersized. But she seems to be strong, and she's intelligent. Oh, yes. As far as we can tell from our test, she's well above average. Mm-hmm. For that reason, Mrs. Ross, I would suggest that she begin treatment at the Rehabilitation Center at Columbia Presbyterian. They do wonderful work with crippled children. Would you be willing to take her for a session once a week? Oh, of course, Doctor. And if there's any way we can help at home, my husband and I would do anything. You seem to be doing all the right things already. Most important job for parents is to give their children the feeling that they're wanted. And love. Yes. A child with a handicap needs that feeling even more than the normal child. Was it the sensible courage of Carol's parents and the security and understanding they gave her that sustained her throughout the years of suffering? She loves people. And the most important part of life today is what she can do to help others. But when she recalls her childhood, her memories are full of bitterness and resentment. Carol! Carol! Oh, honey, what's the matter? Oh, honey, please, take it easy. Now, just just tell me what happened. This bunch of kids that followed me home from school, and first they were just calling me names, like Gimpy, no cut. They ran and caught up with me, and they got in a circle around me. One of them said, why do you wear those funny shoes? Then somebody else said, take off your shoes, let us see your feet. Oh, honey, I'm I'm so sorry. Oh, Mommy, I was so scared, I did what they said. I sat right down on the curb and I took off my oh, shoes. No. And then they all started laughing and dancing around and screaming, Look at the pretty oh. feet. Tell me, honey, what, what happened then? How did you get home? They chased me all the way. And then they kept yelling, Faster, Gimpy, faster. Oh, then one kid started throwing gravel to oh, make me go faster. And pretty soon they were all throwing stones and sticks and <gasps> everything. Shame on them. How can they be so mean? I hate them. Oh, Carol. No, 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 honey, please listen to me. Now, 
Those children were very wrong to treat you the way they did, and I don't blame you for feeling angry with them, but, but honey, try to remember that they are just children, and they do things like that without even thinking. They're only interested in their own feelings, not in anybody else's. But why would it make them feel good to hurt me? Oh, because they're afraid of anyone who's different from what they are, and they're afraid because they can't understand, and... So they laugh and they make fun to cover up what they're afraid of, dear. I don't understand either. Mommy, why do I have to be different? Why? My darling, I would do anything in the world. I would give you my own legs if I could, but but I if I just didn't have to wear those awful shoes, maybe the kids wouldn't notice my feet so much. Mommy, please, can I have some loafers or slip-ons like the other kids? Oh, Carol, how do you know that without laces, your shoes just won't stay on? I'll make them stay on, Mama. I'll glue them to the soles of my feet. Please buy me a pair, Mommy. All right, dear, we'll try. I'll take Daddy to the train tomorrow, and then we'll keep the car, and we'll go to the shopping center after school. Okay. Okay. And I'll have the car anyway, so I'll drive you to school in the morning. No, thanks, Mama. I'll I'll walk. But I want to drive you. I don't want you to be chased by those kids again. They always walk on Bayview Lane. I'll go around the block. Oh, but that's so far, Carol. And your feet will hurt terribly if you walk that long way. I don't care. Everybody walks to school. Nobody's parents drive them. That's different. I don't want to be different. I'll walk. As she grew older, Carol met other people who, like her parents and doctors and therapists, did what they could to make her life a little easier. In high school, the compassion and understanding of her gym teacher... Yolanda Claskin helped her fight her growing feeling of isolation. All right, girls, let's get on the ball. Bell's going to ring. Mary Alice, I want to talk to you. You were climbing the high ropes today without my permission. Now, you're not ready for those yet. No one in this class is, except Carol. Now, you just keep practicing on the ring, and when your arms are as strong as Carol's, I'll be happy to give you permission to try the rope. All right? Carol? Yes, Miss Claskin? Now, I want you off the rope tomorrow, too. I want you to try the trampoline for a change. I can't. I, I, I don't have strong enough legs. Oh, the bell. Oh, that's nonsense, Carol. That's the best way in the world to develop those muscles. Well, goodbye, girls. See you tomorrow. Well, you better get changed, Carol. Oh, I, I, I just wanted to uh, rest for a minute. You'll be late for your next class. Well, come on. Let's go. I can't. Eugenia's still there. Well, <laughs> what's Eugenia got to do with it? Well, Carol, come on. What, what, what's the trouble? Miss Claskin, I just can't change in front of the other girls. They'd stare at my feet. It, it's bad enough to be different, but I... But everyone's different in some way. Not like me. Please, I, I'll do anything you ask. I'll go on the trampoline if you want me, but please don't make me change while the others are here. Okay. That's a deal. You start jumping tomorrow. 
Thank you, Miss Claskin. <laughs> you know, Carol, if you could get out of the locker room faster, you wouldn't have to walk to your next class alone. Oh, I don't mind. I, I generally walk by myself anyway. I'll tell you what, Carol. You know, I can excuse you a few minutes early, so you can come in and get changed before the rest of the class is dismissed. That would be a real favor, Miss Claskin. Thank you. And now I am going to ask you to do me a favor. What is it? Well, I haven't got anyone to manage the girls' hockey team. Are you interested? Oh, I, I don't think I'm very good at it. I, I don't play very oh, well. come on, Carol. You know the game as well as anyone. And you might find it fun. The team has a good time on the bus going to the away games and meeting girls from other schools. Carol, how about it? Oh, I, I don't know. Come I... on, Carol. You owe me a favor. Okay. I'll try. Carol and I met when we were co-eds at Ithaca College. Carol was a good student and always busy. She forced herself to participate in as many activities as possible. It meant everything to her to be one of the crowd. In our junior year at Ithaca, we roomed together. And it was then I learned what a costly price Carol paid for the cheerful masks she always wore. Still awake? Uh-huh. Is something the matter? I'm just not sleepy. Well, it sounded like you were crying. Is it something I can help with? Oh, don't don't you want to talk about it? Oh, Mary. I try so hard not to be depressed can't help it. Oh, you're really upset. What's the matter? Can't you guess? Well, I, I know it isn't easy for you, walking and getting around. Is it painful? Oh, I'm used to that. I wouldn't care about the pain. If I could just look normal. Oh, you're very pretty. I'm deformed. Nobody wants to date a cripple. Oh... It's boys you're worried about. Yes. Well, lots of boys seem to be friendly with you. Oh, Mary, I don't want friends. I want dates like other girls. You'll meet someone. I won't. You know I won't. Oh, Mary, I want to get married someday and have a family. I think I'd just as soon die if oh, I can. Oh, don't say that, Carol. Do you blame me? What makes you think you can't? There's no reason. No. You you should have been with me tonight. What happened? Where did you go? Well, I went to the huddle with Martha and Alice, and we were sitting in this booth, and the others got asked to dance, and I was sitting there alone when this boy came over. I, I've seen him before in the library. His name is Chuck. He's very good-looking. Well, anyway, he asked me to dance, and I said yes, and when I got up from the booth, he looked down at me, and... Oh, Mary, he was so embarrassed. 
He said he just remembered he left the lights on in the car and he ducked out and left me standing there. Oh, you poor kid. Mary, I can't stand it anymore. I just can't. I have got to do something about my legs. When classes ended that year, Carol kept her word. She and her mother went to visit her specialist at the Columbia Presbyterian Medical Center's Department of Rehabilitation Medicine. Well, there's only one solution, Carol, and I'm not sure I should suggest it. What is it? Tell me, please. Amputation. Removal of the limbs below the knee. Oh, never, Doctor. I know it's drastic, but let me tell you more about it. Oh, no, no, I I don't want to hear anything. Please, please listen. Carol has an excellent health record. I I wouldn't consider this move otherwise. It's dangerous. Oh, not especially. The hard part comes after the operation. It would be several months of recuperation, time Carol would obviously have to spend immobilized. After that, she could be fitted with artificial limbs. They they make very good ones these days. Plastic foot sections that are resilient and soft and allow quite normal movement. Oh, could she move around in them right away? Well, that's the hardest part, getting used to them. And you'd have to learn to walk all over again, Carol. You'd have a whole new center of gravity. But I could learn to walk. I mean, without crutches. Yes, with patience. It would take, I'd say, uh, at least six months' work in intensive rehabilitation. And you might have to use a cane for a while. These artificial legs, they wouldn't be the same, would they? I mean, they wouldn't feel the same. No. No, Carol, I, I, uh, I want to be completely honest with you. There's no comparison with natural limbs, even deformed ones. But I think it's only fair you should also know that your own legs and feet can be expected to get progressively worse and allow you less and less mobility. Oh, no, 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 Doctor. You you don't offer her much choice, then. Mrs. Ross, I I can't advise you or Carol to decide one way or the other. It's a very serious decision. One you must think hard about. And one you must make yourselves. I can only give you the facts. I've got to do something. I've got to. Well, I'll say this. Artificial limbs will not only allow you to do more, but they'll improve your appearance considerably, too. How? Well, for one thing, you're well below average height, you know. After the operation, you could be average or even taller. You mean I could be as tall as I'd like? Well, within reason, you could be... Five foot two, five four, if you chose. Five four? Imagine. Did you hear that, Mother? In August, Carol entered the hospital, and within a few weeks, the amputations were completed. Then she was carried home by her father. There, confined in a wheelchair, She faced the irrevocability of her decision. Carol, I'm going shopping. What would you like for supper? Anything. But isn't there something you feel like having, honey? I want you to eat. You've hardly touched your meal since you've been home. 
I don't feel like eating. Oh, but you need nourishment, dear. You've had a serious operation. What difference does it make? Carol, I'm trying to help you. Why won't you let me help you? I just you? want to be left alone. But I can't do that. It's going to be time for you to begin rehabilitation soon, and you'll need your strength to learn to walk again. I'll never walk again. Oh, honey, how can you say that? Of course you will. I won't. But there's no reason that you can't. I won't. I'll sit in this wheelchair the rest of my life. Oh, no, you... Like some kind of plant. Of course you feel helpless now. It's, it's to be expected. I'm half a human being. Now, Carol, that's not so. You have a healthy body, and you have your brain and your soul. I'm not so sure. Carol... You had the courage to spend 19 years as a cripple and still smile. And you have the courage to face the operation. Please, don't give up now. Mother, I just can't seem to try anymore. But why? I just can't. But you've got to. It's hopeless. I think God is punishing me. Oh, I no. had no right to remove the limbs he gave me. It was against his will. No, no, that can't be true. God loves you, and he watches over you. Why, he gave you a challenge not many of us are given, and he gave you good doctors to help you and this new chance to live more fully. Now it's your turn to return his love. You've got to pray to him, and you'll find the strength. You'll get out of that wheelchair, and you'll be a whole person. And then you can repay God. How? By living life to the fullest, by doing and seeing and feeling Sharing life with others, maybe even helping others. Carol slowly recovered her hope and faith. By October, she was ready for her prosthetic legs. She began life anew at the dazzling height of five feet four. She worked intensively at the hospital and learned to walk in three months, not six. She returned to school in January, where her adjustment was astonishing. She changed her field of study to physical therapy and after graduation immediately began a useful career at the Nassau County Department of Health. She handled a full caseload of patients all over the country traveling in her car to homes of amputees and victims of crippling diseases such as multiple sclerosis. Mrs. Morse, you haven't been doing your homework. You promised me you do your exercises every day. I haven't felt like it, Miss Ross. Have you been ill? No, just down in the dumps. I don't like to hear that. Oh, it is so Frustrating not to be able to get around like I used to. Mm. You know, the other night it, it, it caused a big argument with Bobby. He needed book covers, and I couldn't go and get them, of course. And his daddy wasn't home, and... Well, you know, Miss Ross, I refused to let him walk to the drugstore alone after dark. Well, we both ended up crying, and... Oh, I, I've been so depressed ever since. You know, if you let yourself think only about the things you can't do, you'll dig yourself into a hole so deep you'll never get out. Why not think about what you can do? That isn't much anymore. Now, wait a minute. Let's just see. 
I'll fold this paper in half and on one side list what you can do and on the other side what you can't, okay? What can't you do? I can't go to the stationery store to buy book covers when my son needs them. Okay, but you can make book covers out of newspaper because you're very good with your hands, aren't you? I guess so. I never thought of that. What else can't you do? I can't take Bobby to the Cub Scout meeting tonight, but you can bake a cake for him to take. And a beautiful one, too. I stole a peek at it in the kitchen. Oh, Miss Ross, you get the idea. But it might be fun for you to keep on adding to the list. You might even surprise yourself and find out that the can-do column will win. Oh, that seems childish. Maybe. I'll tell you what. I'll play the game with you. Here, I'll start my own list. Can't do. Well... I can't roller skate, but I can drive a car to come here and see you. <laughs> I can't run for a train. Oh, you're teasing. Of course you can. No. I can walk for a train, but I sure can't run. Well, why not? Well, these legs weren't made for running. They come in handy if I want to knock on wood, but they won't run. They're... They're artificial. Uh-huh. You didn't know? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Isn't it lucky for me that pantsuits have become so stylish? Oh, oh Miss Ross. powerful jet taxied down the runway, and as it lifted my friend Skyward, I said a prayer of thanks for the privilege of knowing her. So many of us have lesser burdens to bear than the loneliness, pain, humiliation, and despair she suffered. Yet so many of us make so much less of our lives than she has. Knowing Carol has helped me personally learn how to live. She once told me her secret. She has three abiding loves, she said. Love for life, love for people, and love for God. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. 
We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore, attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need, please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.